The boys are back. It's World Hockey Report. How is it going? Cody Jansen with you here. Wednesday, August 19th. Happy birthday, Mom. Might as well throw that out there early. Show brought to you by mybookie.ag. You already know sports are in full swing. I want to help you take advantage of those sports investments and getting in on the action. 12-Ounce Sports officially partnered with mybookie.ag to get you the best deal possible when you sign up for mybookie.ag. They'll match your first deposit up to $1,000 when you punch in that promo code 120ZSports, all caps, no spaces. Get that money. That's 12-ounce sports, all caps, no spaces when signing up on mybookie.ag to get your deposit matched up to $1,000. So much hockey going on. I mean, where do we even start? Might as well break down the show for you. We are going to start. Let's recap a little bit of round one so far. I know it's not over. We had our first team eliminated. Sorry, Chicago. Sucks to be you, but you got to be a little bit better than that. I don't know. It was very lackluster performance. In my opinion, with how Chicago played, I felt like they had a little bit more. I felt like they just didn't get everything out of their top guns that they could have. Corey Crawford played all right. He had a a couple of good games. But if he strings that together for a series... Chicago's got a legitimate chance. If Patrick Kane shows up for more than one game, they've got a legitimate chance. I'll give more thoughts on that in a bit. we got our It's Nutrition and Performance question of the day, WNP. i go check them out. Best meal plans. Hey, there's recipes on that website as well. Go check it out. It's Nutrition and Performance. Get yourself hooked up. Get yourself in shape. There's still time. Get that beach body going. you got to rock it out right now. WNP. Adam Ermintrop. Matt OG coming on, 920. That's when we're going to really break down some of that round one. I'll give you some thoughts, maybe talk about a couple of things. But we are going to break it down with Adam Ehrmantraut. That's going to be happening at 920. And then at 950, we got the open line. Yes, for Coco Vodka, Coco Rum open line. Anything you got, hit us up on Twitter at World Honky RPT. We're on Facebook as well, World Honky Report. There, I'm on Twitter at Janner31. Anything you got, let me know. You want to call in? We'll hook you up. Shoot us a DM. You want to talk about World Honky Report Overtime Challenge, how that's rigged? Well, you're an idiot if you don't use the hashtag to begin with. So if you think you're going to call us out on social media because we're not giving you free stuff and you messed up, the, there's one rule. To the World Honky Report Overtime Challenge. Use hashtag WHROT challenge. It's that simple. One rule. If you can't figure that out, we got some serious problems there. Serious problems. Alrighty, let's go over some of those games last night because oh, Calgary, that was so frustrating. You just you, you can see they don't have the engine going. Without Matthew Kachuk there. They just don't. Their top line doesn't generate anything 5-on-5. They're just mediocre at best on the power play. Cam Talbot's played in playoff Cam Talbot hockey. And the Flames are doing them no favors. And I'm not trying to take away from the Stars here. they got a great team as well. Hudobin's one of the best backups in the league. But their big guns have shown up. Ben, like... That's, that's, Radulov, those are playoff guys to a T. Those are, you know, when you look at the Flames, you go, oh, wow, Bennett, Lucic, you know, Kachuk, those are definitely playoff guys. These are the next level 
You've got your Benz, your Radulovs. Man, that Rupe Hins is unbelievable. I mean, Heiskanen? This guy gets left for dust because he's in Dallas. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit more with Adam because I know he's the D-man expert. And so I, I want I want his thoughts on the whole Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, Miro Heiskanen. I'm taking McCarr out of all three. I know Canucks fans are going to cry and complain about that. But he is by far and away the better. There's no question there. Hughes has a little bit more of that skill set, offensively at least, especially in the passing department. There's no doubt about it. Whereas Heiskanen, definitely better defensively and also can create a little bit more by himself. Whereas Hughes makes the players around him better. Just how he, he you know, kind of opens him up as options. He's a great passer. Not going to take that away. I mean, you'd take all three on your team any day. What's stopping a team from doing that? Look at how much money Toronto's spent on their big guns for forwards. Like, if you consider Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, I don't know, what do you got there? Like, $35 million? What's stopping a team from signing, like, Hughes, McCarr, Haskinen, or trading for them, whatever you got to do. Like, have just four of the best D-men in the NHL. Find a way to stack it up and then build from there. Might work. I mean, St. Louis was kind of built like that. Like, I know they're missing Bowmeister, Edmondson. Kind of sucks for them, but like Pietrangelo, Petrangelo, whatever, Pareko, Falk, Dunn. They've been very questionable. I don't even know why I brought them up. Should be a good one tonight, though. Game 5. That series has been awesome. Unfortunately, super late. So, uh, we'll see. Either me or Adam are going to watch that game. You'll be sure to uh, live tweet a few things. Um, Caps, they stay alive. Ovi shows up. 3-2 win over the Isles. The Flyers, they're going to push the Canadians to the brink. And, I mean, Montreal hasn't scored in, like, 160 minutes. Maybe it's, like, 140. I don't know. They have not scored in a long time. That's not a great formula to win yourself a series. I mean, Philly's going to roll through this one now. Like, Montreal had their chances. They blew. They lost them. Kind of like Chicago as well. You know, you, you get to overtime. Game three, I believe it was. If you win that one, you win game four. Boy, we're talking about a huge momentum swing. And it would have been a game changer. It would have been a game changer for Chicago. I don't know. What do you do now? Now you just kind of got to look back on it. So you sob a little bit. We got a bunch of games going on tonight as well. So, well, I guess this morning, geez, in less than an hour's time, you got Tampa and Columbus. Morning hockey. Uh, then you got Boston, Carolina coming up 2 o'clock. Avs, Yotes, that's at 3.30. Canadians, Flyers at 6. And Blues, Canucks, 8.30, the late one. I know how much St. Louis loves playing at 9.30 local time there. <laughs> I get it. I get their argument, though. Defending Stanley Cup champs, and you're making them play at 9.30 their time. I get it. There's so much to do with TV ratings, and this is prime time for Vancouver. There has to be a little bit of respect that comes into here. Just a little respect factor. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel for him, though. I, I, you know, staying up that late to watch a game, not easy. Especially when you, you know, got to be up at 3.30 in the morning for work. Stuff like that. 
that sucks. And it's so hard to get used to. It's I mean it's pretty much impossible to get used to. So I don't know. I feel for you. I feel for you, Blues fans. I'm there with you. I think you're getting screwed over on the timing. But what what do I change that as? I I, I don't know. I mean, if if you're a Blues fan, what would you rather have? Would you rather be playing in the 3:30 slot? I mean, that's 4:30 your time. Is that better? 4:30? Like, I feel like more people would be upset about missing the start of the game versus happy that they're catching the end. I find the starts generally the most exciting. That's usually when the game's going to swing one way or the other. That's when everyone's got, you know, they're full of piss and vinegar ready to go. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at World Honky RPT. I'm on there. Just post it again. What's up? What's up? Uh, let's hit. Let's hit a what's new Christian and performance question of the day. Who's gone today? Who's getting the boot? And who extends their series? We got a couple of questions or comments going on already. I already said myself. Much as I'd love to see Arizona continue on, they're done. Colorado's ending that one today. And Carolina's going to extend it. Chris Mike does not agree with me there. I mean, yeah, that's, a Bruce, that's a Bruins guy. you got to respect it. I, I love the Bruins team. I think they're an exciting team. They're a fun team to watch. Carolina's also not bad. Let's not forget. Carolina dominated in Game 4 until that third period. It's not for a couple of questionable plays by James Reimer. They probably win that one. Dan Duncan's on the Jackets and Hurricanes to extend. I don't know if I like Columbus this morning. That's a tough one. Imagine if they go five overtimes again, though. Screw up the entire day because there's two games after them in Toronto. That ice is going to be brutal. Um, He says Flyers, Avalanche, steal the deal. Also going with the Canucks win tonight. Game five, Canucks win. They're going to need Markstrom to be better for sure. They're going to have to hope that like Jake Allen chokes or something. The Canucks are playing good, but far from great. They're a solid young team. They are not... Are they second-round playoff material? I don't know. Kobe Alex goes Jackets and Keynes to extend abs and Philly to advance. I like it. Let me know your thoughts. We'll talk your report. Coming to you on Twitter, Cody Jansen here. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, 12OutSportsRadio.com slash live Zingo TV, channel 761. We appreciate you uh, watching in wherever. Be sure to use my boogie. Promo code 120Z Sports. It's mybucky.ag. Punch that in. Support everyone. Also, new sponsor alert. This is always fun. We get to break these in, these added reads here. And this is a cool one because, hey, we already got Coco Vodka, Coco Rum. So you know we got the drinks on board already. I said new sponsor alert. You want to keep your drinks cold this summer or hot. Hey, I'm using one right now. I got one on right now. It's on the hot drink already this morning. Coffee is rolling. You want to keep those drinks cold this summer. Time to ditch the traditional koozie. Tudor got the universal drink insulator that fits any beverage 
hot or cold. Made in Canada, 2D wraps are the made with high-quality military-grade neoprene. It's the highest quality possible, folks. Strong and durable 2D wrap keeps your drink hot or cold for hours on end. I've got it here already, and it's very cool. It's, it's super simple to use, right? Like, it's just a little snapback, fully customizable as well. As you can see on the camera there, throw that around, wrap it up. Try not to spill coffee on my hand here. Unreal, though. Wraps up perfectly. Gonna keep that drink hot for hours. I mean... I'm not going to leave it there for hours because obviously I need to get some coffee in me. But come on, unreal, easy to use, 2DRAP.com. Check them out today. Fully customizable as well. Whatever you want to get put on there, 2DRAP.com. That's T-U-D-I-RAP.com. T-U-D-I-RAP.com, the best drink accessory in the game. Now, you know what? We had to look back at the play-in round last time, and we got some pretty good feedback off that one. So I thought, why not? Let's, let's, let's take a look and see if we can get something going for the next round. So this is round one. Looking back, it's not over yet. I totally understand, but there's been some great calls. You know, we respect that. It's just been great overall. They score! Go the Knights in overtime! Riley Smith wins it for Vegas! Brody walks in, winds and fires a shot, and scores! He'll chop at it, wide open, and score! He scores! Andre the Giant! Here's Horvat with a partial break down the left wing. Bo Horvat in clean, he scores! Ryan Murray got it to Pierre-Luc Dubois, centering a tap, and a score! The Blue Jackets crash the net, and they get it by Vasilevsky. And cross-ice, Teravainen, and he scores! Tavo Teravainen! The Islanders pressing here in front for Martin, who deflects it home! Matt Martin has his second of the playoffs! Here goes Montreal, Kakanyemi in front, took the shot, he scores! There it is. It's been round one up to this point. Unreal. I love getting those calls in there. Come on, you got to give them some of the respect. They're unreal. A lot of them working remotely. That's pretty impressive to begin with. Already, I'd be reminisced if I didn't, you know, at least mention Dale Howarchuk here because that's that's a tough one. It's sad to hear the passing. It's a sad topic. Uh, I mean, it's a Winnipeg Jets legend right there. This guy is the, you know, before Winnipeg moves, this guy had them as competitors night in, night out. And there's crazy stories about, you know, his junior B teams not even wanting him. You know, things like that. He jumps into the OHL, and he's just ripping it up as a kid. So, that, like, there's so many. He was a guaranteed first overall pick once he got his shot. And this guy, I mean unbelievable we had Jim Thompson on too and he said hey it was if if not for those unbelievable Oilers teams Winnipeg's got multiple cups they're probably a dynasty and they're probably role reversal with Edmonton like Edmonton could lose their team Edmonton went through some struggles not for those cups I think the tradition kept them alive I mean Winnipeg probably doesn't move to Atlanta maybe the Oilers do (laughs) who knows it's a sad one tough 
tough to hear Dale lost his battle, but you know what? We're all thinking about him. Thoughts and prayers go to him, his family, everyone from World Hockey Park. We're thinking about him. It's a tough one. Let's go to commercial break, though. When we come back, let's 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 pump things into high gear. We got Adam Urban Trout going to come on the show. Let's break down round one a little bit more for Verbero Hockey. We're back after this. Is Cody Jansen with you? Twelve ounce Sports Lingo TV channel seven sixty one. It's World Hockey Park. Cody Jansen with you. How's it going? Morning. We got like forty minutes until hockey starts. This is incredible. What an August. What an August. It's been beautiful. We're getting plus 30 weather out there. You can go swing the sticks whenever you want. Get out on the course. Don't need to tell this guy twice, though. Adam Irwin Trout. Actually, before that, Verbero Hockey. You guys already know. I mean, hey, Verbero, they are changing the hockey landscape with what they are doing. Absolutely incredible. Addy Sutton and his team there. Next level work. Sticks, skates, jerseys, team store. All of that stuff. It's been incredible. It's been absolutely, I, I would say it's very cool to see what they're doing at their price point. And all things considered, pretty impressive. Go check them out today, VerberoHockey.com. Let's, let's bring on the kid. Adam Erman Shroud. Hey, y'all know, co-host of the podcast when we first started. Guy's an absolute legend in the game. So, yes, we're going to bring him on to break down some stuff. Adam Urban jumps on the show. What is up, Bunny? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. Can't complain. Playoff hockey is still rolling. We got more this morning. Columbus and Tampa. That's going to be, I mean, what a series those two have put together. I still think that Columbus is just missing a little bit of that high-end talent. But we'll break into all of these series. Let's break it down. I want to start with the West because... That Calgary-Dallas game, I mean, game five, Flames looked like they were in quicksand. It was bad. They just couldn't muster anything. Their top guns were invisible again. Break me down for this series. What have you seen so far? Because, in my opinion, if it's not for Cam Talbot, this thing's over. Yeah, and I mean, Calgary's missing their best player, right? Like, I think Matthew Kachuk's pretty clearly concussed or something like that. And, like, they looked fine for a couple of games, but... Like, where, they, where their offense is coming from their third line, that includes Lucic, who had, like, what, 15 points last year, Sam Bennett, who people write off in the regular season, and then Dylan Dubé, who hasn't even played a full year yet. So that's that's how they're going right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. They count Talbot's played well, but Dallas is just, like, built for the playoffs. Like, they don't score, but, like, that seems like they're built for the playoffs, and like in yesterday's game, they got that second goal to go up to one. How much did they allow after that? Okay, but from from my perspective, I get it. They're not built for, or they are. Dallas is built for the playoffs. Whatever they've got, Hudobin, Bishop. I know Bishop's hurt, but like, man, I get it. Hudobin had good numbers, but watching him, like you're seeing the same thing I am too, right? Like this guy looks like he should be letting in five or six a game. Yeah, he looks that way, but he, I guess he doesn't. Um, yeah, they, I, Bishop, like, it, it's weird. Like, he dressed the one game, and then he didn't dress, and then Hudobin's been, like, one of the best backups in the NHL for, like, 10 years, and they're saying that Dallas would be pissed to lose him in the summer this year, but I don't know. They just, it seems like they, they score, like, two or three goals, and they just try and lock it down, and I guess they're successful at that today. 
Well, pretty pretty easy to lock it down when Calgary's supposed top guns or highest paid players are borderline irrelevant. I've seen something. I don't think Gaudreau and Monaghan have a five-on-five point in the playoffs. I could be wrong, but I think I saw something like that. That's pathetic. I don't know how. Like, if you're Jeff Ward, how do you get that little out of you know, whatever, $15 million. That just seems pathetic. Well, I, I mean, maybe your stat's wrong, but at the same time, it's like the fact that we're even saying that, that, like, they haven't really done much 5-on-5 five five is like, okay, like, there's probably something there. And I don't know, like, like how many years is this in a row? Five or something? Like, Gaudreau has, I think, three goals in the playoffs and, what, two are on the power play and one's an empty net? Yeah, so Sounds about right. I don't know. It's, everybody's like to me. They they go oh, like I, I've been asked so many times. Oh, do you like Sean Monaghan? Yeah, I'd love him on my second line. Like I'd I'd like those guys and like they're slotted one spot too high. All all three of them at this point. Yeah, I agree. I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see if they are able to come make a comeback. Maybe Johnny Hockey and then we'll turn it on. If not, I mean, I'll be calling for them to, to clean house once again. Let's move on because another series that I thought was going to get interesting after Game 3 and it really just did not. The Abs and Coyotes. Like, Darcy Kemper's been good. I get it. Maybe Game three wasn't, or Game 4 wasn't his best performance in the world. But end of the day, Colorado looks good. Like, this is a team that's clicking. They've got multiple lines going. And I, you know, I, I've probably disrespected them more than I should with my picks. But, dude, like, they are on fire. What's your thoughts on guys like Nathan McKinnon who are really doing it all? Like, that's a true playoff performer. That's what you wanted your top guy. Like, that's that's what Calgary ideally would need out of a guy like Johnny Ujuro, right? Like, that's that's exactly what you want your leader to do. Yeah, like you need a guy who's going to drag you into the fight. And McKinnon showed it yesterday, right? They're up, what was, whatever it was, like 7-1. And your best defenseman gets hit from behind. And McKinnon, Landeskog flies in there, gloves off. That's your captain. And then McKinnon literally ragdolls the guy for 15 seconds. And it's like, okay, and you look at that. You're like a Tyson Jost or Matt Calvert on the bench. You look at that, you say, okay, if our, if our captain's going to do that, like I probably could too. And. Colorado looks great. Um, Nazem Kadri's in a great spot. Like obviously, like he stays in a series, and he's like, you talk about playoff guys. He's a playoff guy, and like they look great. Uh, still, they're rotating goalies, which kind of proves that in their mind they don't really know who their number one is in a way. Um, obviously, like if Darcy hasn't played this this way, one Arizona probably would have lost to Nashville, and two the series. Tell me if I'm crazy here, but I think Taylor Hall's looked pretty good for the Yotes. I get it. He hasn't put up these crazy offensive numbers, but if you watch the Yotes games, and I I mean, I've I've tried to catch, I'm pretty sure I've caught most of the series. Taylor Hall's looking all right for him. Like, he is definitely one of their better forwards, without a doubt. Yeah, like, he, he just has nobody to really play with, right? Like, you go down the list of their team and who's he playing with right now like Christian Dvorak as a centerman or like Nick Schmaltz as a centerman or something it's just like you can't do much like he's a 
he does like he's a very individualistic player and he's kind of the driver of his line but you need a better player than anything that Arizona has up the middle if you really want to produce or advance yeah I mean like power play time when he's out there with like Kessel and uh, Clayton Keller you can definitely see he's a, he's a lot different of a player also Phil Kessel's such an underrated passer Oh my goodness, like, he was looking like Joe Thornton there in Game 3. He just zings it around. Like, there was nothing stopping his passes in Game 3 on the power play. Like, the way he moves the puck, I'm not going to call him Joe Thornton, but man, he's got a heck of a passing skill set. Yeah, I think guys just, like, respect his shot so much that they're not they're not really going to give him a shot, so he has to be a great passer. That's fair, that's fair. Anything else on this series? I mean, like, it's it's over, right? The Yotes have no chance in your book, too? Yeah, like, what were they, the 11th place team yeah. going into this? Like, they're, they're kind of that way for a reason. I, I guess think. I should have asked you, too, like, Flames, Stars, Stars are up 3-2 in the series. What, do, what In a percentage-wise, what are you giving Calgary to come back and win this thing? Like, 25. I, I think they could maybe win game six, but, like, it just seems like the last two games like I guess they were 11 seconds away but like they got a shorthanded goal and they score like four goals and or three goals in the second period it's just they just don't have the horses and like Calgary doesn't have the horses Arizona doesn't have the horses Columbus doesn't like you need you need like that guy to put you over the top well you need your best players to be your best players and that's clearly what Calgary does not have in this series um Vancouver looked like they did for a little bit that one's tied 2-2. That's a pretty good series, too. All the games have been fairly late. They've been... I don't know. It's not like they've been the most exciting series in the world. But it's been pretty good hockey. I've enjoyed that series for the most part. You you put the tweet out, though. Sammy Blake. Like, what are you doing, kid? Why skate into Anton Roussel? You know who Roussel is. You know what you're getting every night from that damn guy. And he just got cold clocked on the chin. I, I love, like, okay, I didn't love it because obviously it's a one-person fight, whatever. You don't want to see someone get hurt. But also, like, for Roussel, like, good on you. Vancouver needed something. And this kid's going to skate up to you like he's tough? Give him what? L day of the week. Yeah, I agree. And, like, don't go into a scrum if you're not ready to, to throw down and I don't know what Blade was doing there, and then he like kind of went to the bench and like checked his lip for blood. And it's like, hey, like you're going to be bleeding, and yeah, I mean, good on yourself for doing that because if like Braden Shan and Zach Sanford and Ryan O'Reilly want to run like Quinn Hughes and your best players all the time, like you should probably probably punch back at some point. And I don't know this like obviously game three goes into overtime, you're up two nothing. If you score game three overtime, like your like game four is done, right? Like the series is over, and St. Louis scores, and then they kind of get the oh yeah, like we're the Cup champs, we're we're ready to go, and then like game four just it wasn't even close. Vancouver looked gassed, and like I know not everybody loves Tyler Myers, like he's a he's a good like what number four defenseman at this point, but. Vancouver misses him, especially in this series. And he brings toughness. He brings toughness. He brings, like, some size. It's not like you have to be big, right? Like, it's not like Colton Pareko's, like, super mean on the St. Louis back end. But, like, 
they're big and they take up space and they're hard to get around and Vancouver's missing that like you saw that on the O'Reilly goal where he just kind of took the puck from the corner and walked in the net I mean Vancouver's top guys have been good but like Brock Besser Tanner Pearson um, if you want to throw Jake for Tanner <laughs> they've been off for the last three games yeah if you want to beat those Prairie boys you have to be mean that's that's exactly where Vancouver's gone wrong. Like, I mean, Sasky guy, Shen with the winner. What's good? Schwartz has been unreal. So the, the Blues just, they've kind of got their mojo back. Correct me if I'm wrong here, though. The Blues should easily be handling Vancouver on any given night if they wanted to play a little feistier, if they played a little meaner. And I don't think they're getting away with that because they're in the bubble right now. If this is a normal series with the full, true playoff atmosphere, where the fans are getting engaged, you're getting a lot more chippy stuff, St. Louis is walking over this series. Like, the one the one little skirmish I remember from this series is David Perron cross-checking Quinn Hughes a few times. And, like, that should be every shift in playoffs. If you want to beat the other team, if you want to take down the other team's top players, like it or not, I mean, I'm a hockey guy through and through here, you have to beat the piss out of them. And that's part of playoff hockey. I, I totally think that St. Louis has been soft on Peterson, they've been soft on Hughes, they've been soft on Besser, they've been soft on Horvat, and that's why we've got a series right now. Because if it's not for that, St. Louis should be running these guys out of the building. Yeah, and like in the first couple games, games they look disinterested, and I guess we haven't talked about it yet, but it helps that they have a goalie in net who hasn't been an 862 goalie. <laughs> but, yeah, Biddington but, had a rough start, but also look at how many odd man rushes. I mean, Biddington faced, what, seven breakaways or partial breakaways in the first two games of the series? When has St. Yeah. Louis ever allowed that? Yeah, exactly. Does that happen in your books if they've got J-Bo and Edmondson there? Like, because I, I get it, like, Falk has some offensive upside, so say what you want about the Edmondson move. But then also you're missing J-Bo Meester, who, I mean, stellar defenseman. There's there's no question that he's a legit NHLer. Like, I, I get it, he's getting old and stuff, but, like, he's the guy you want come playoff time. He is all sandpaper. So I think it's a little bit different if St. Louis has those guys in the lineup. No, I agree. And, like, I don't know. The Justin Falk move will never make sense to me. <laughs> like, ever. And, like, realistically, Edmonton, Edmondson's more of what that team needs. But I think they'll handle it. Like, I, I'd pick St. Louis to win the rest of the series just because I think Vancouver having, like, Troy Stetcher and Edler on that second pair that got absolutely just dismantled the last game is going to hurt them and O'Reilly seems like he kind of found a level here yeah he is I mean that's the same thing we always talk about is like your top guns got to be your top guys and I don't know you just see the teams that they struggle like Calgary like you've got a very solid roster you don't have any terrible terrible points on your roster like you're not as low as the Oilers and stuff but if your top guys don't show up, you're going to struggle in general. We didn't get into the defense debate, and we might as well bring it up because we're going to go through the East pretty quick here. But, I mean, Haskinen's look great. Quinn Hughes has been good. But Kale McCarr, oh my goodness. That goal was next level. And everyone goes, oh, it's Arizona. Arizona's one of the best defensive teams in the playoffs right now. I get it. They had a rough game four. 
but come on. You're going to tell me, like, I get it. You're a big Haskins guy, so I know where this is going. But Kale McCarr is by far and away the best rookie defenseman at all aspects of the ice. Like, offensively, he can do it better than anyone. Defensively, he's more responsible than Haskin, and I'd say where Haskin cheats towards the offensive side. And Quinn Hughes, I don't like his defensive game at all yet. Like, he just hasn't grown into that. There's there's no way you can convince me that there's a better rookie defenseman than Kale McCarr right now. Yeah, like, it kind of depends. Basically, the Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes conversation and the Calder Trophy, it kind of depends, honestly, on what area of the province or country you live in. Like, that's... That shouldn't that, matter, though. That's just Canucks fans with their blinders on. They're clueless. No, that's what it is. And honestly, like, if I had to pick, like, I'd probably pick Kale McCarr just because his, his, like, power and, like, He'll throw hits, and I still think that there's value in that. He does everything. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I'm not ripping Hughes or Haskin. And, I mean, Haskinen's the guy who I think is most likely to play 30 minutes a game and, and not make a mistake. Like, Hughes and McCarr might make a mistake, but they also might win you a game by themselves, and Haskinen's not going to do that. Like, he's just going to go out there and play 30 minutes of sound hockey both ways and not really take too many risks where Hughes goes behind the other team that 10 times a game and McCarr's just more speed and get around the ice yeah like I'm not saying that you don't want any of these three on your team like you'd love all three of these guys without a doubt I'm just saying I like McCarr there's there's nothing I've seen that shows me that McCarr is worse than any of those two and I don't care. Like he can go, oh, Quinn Hughes has these points. Well, congrats. You put him up against the Minnesota Wild, one of the worst pl- playoff teams in NHL history, if not the worst, because they are so mediocre. It's poor. I, uh, I don't know. It's a good point. Canucks fans. Gotta love them. Um, all right, let's let's talk. Uh, Ovi saves the Caps. They get a game five. Did you watch it? I guess I know you were doing some golfing, but uh, Ovi kind of turned it up a notch after a terrible start. Yeah, no, I, I watched um, just in between shots and stuff. He he looked he kind of looked like how he did in like the playoffs a couple years ago on their cup run when everybody when he just like started dialing in blocking shots and like with a minute left there like you could tell he wasn't ready to go home yet, which is weird. Like I tweeted that thing where it's like the Capitals have the mindset where it's like okay, like, we have our cup, whatever, let's leave, type thing. And credit to them, I, I guess, like, they still look off, like, something about them has looked off since Barry Trotz left the team, and, like, I'm not saying it's coaching, I kind of am, but... It is. I don't, it, it, it just looks off, and, like, they saved a couple million a year not paying Barry Trotz, thus not paying... Mitch Korn, the goalie coach who went to the obviously goes with Trots. Um and yeah, it was it's weird how it it worked out and it's I don't know, and like Backstrom getting hurt kill like almost kills them, right? Like you lose like that off your power play, you lose whatever you want to call it, your first or second line center with him and Kuznetsov and how Lars Eller is still playing in the role that he does is just beyond me, but I don't know, like, the Capitals are going to lose to the Islanders probably, but, like, the Islanders fall into the Calgary-Columbus-Arizona theory where it's, like, 
you don't really have the big guys to to win. The Isles on paper are not a great hockey team. And that's what baffles me about the Capitals. And that's what immediately makes me think that it's coaching. Oh, Because... Yeah. I mean, Barry Trotz has obviously proven to put together a good system. He knows how to beat teams. He knows how to win games. And also, I don't I don't think Reardon's lost the room by any means, but he definitely doesn't have the formula to motivate the guys. And I get it. There's a certain aspect that falls on the players, but you also have to hold the coach somewhat I mean, accountable. And the whole Barry Trotz, Mitch Korn leaving thing, like we can dive into that for a nine-hour episode, which I'm sure we already have. But it's proven point. And, I mean, I don't see the Caps. They might win another game if they're lucky. But, yeah, there, there's no way. The Isles are moving on. No. Okay, Habs and Flyers. Uh, Carey Price steals one. And, uh, yeah, that's that, That's it. Like, I mean, Montreal's maxed out their potential. This is, this is as good as it gets. And this is exactly why some fans were a little choked that they won. Because... Now they're not getting a chance at Lafreniere, obviously. And now they've just been not embarrassed by Philly. Like, they've put up a good fight. But you can tell. They're they're not in the right rink right now. No, they just... Like, you go through their forwards, and it's like... Your top two centers are a young kid who played in the AHL this year. Who Actually, that cock in Yammy looks very good. And Nick Suzuki has looked great all year for for what he is right now, and they look great on a Montreal team. Yeah, they look great on Montreal, and like obviously they shouldn't be your top two centermen, but they are. And you go through the the lineup: Max Domi pass first, Jonathan Duran pass first, Brennan Gallagher drive the net and hope it hits you. <laughs> Philip De- Philip Deneau, defensive centerman, Arturi Lekkinen defensive winger. Thomas Tatar, kind of a score, but like not really. Like they don't have a guy who you're just like, okay, he's gonna, he can score today. Like, like who's gonna finish on that team? And I mean, I, I like, I don't mind the makeup of Montreal. Actually, they're just for forty years they've been missing a top line centerman, and I don't know where that come from comes from. But like, Carey Price has been great. Jeff Petrie's been great. Shea Weber's been awesome. Like whoever ripped up. Weber Subban trade still like like it's clearly Montreal won the trade and that Ben Sherratt's a good player and you know they got Romanov coming and as we said Kakaniemi and Suzuki and that Paling I guess he had a hat trick in the one game and then he scored like once this year in 30 but I, they have guys coming it's just it's just not their time and it was nice for them to be Pittsburgh but Philly's good it's not their time at all. They're a long ways out. Carter Hart's look good, though. That's, I mean, I, I picked the Flyers to win the Cup, and right now, I get it. They they aren't dominating Montreal by any means, but Montreal's also locking it down defensively. Like, they are not giving up an inch. So you got to give them some credit for their battle factor. But I think... Yeah, but the like, they've all also, like... They've also almost like just like invested everything into like playing defense, and like they've just forgot that they should score. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. Okay, there's no chance Montreal is even coming back, so I'm not going to ask you about that one. Uh, Bruins and Canes, big news. Tuca leaves. What was your thoughts when you heard it? Uh, I I like like what whatever he's he 
needs to deal with like like he has to deal with right like it's just it's just hockey um the timing was like just like strange how it's like he compared it to an exhibition game and then you wonder if they're like like do you even want to be here Tuka? and then he's like oh i guess not like you wonder if there's like a side conversation after his comments um but what halak is probably like the, the best 20, backup in the league the best backup in the league and probably like the 23rd best goalie in the league honestly like he'd be a starter on at least 10 teams the oilers yeah edmonton detroit whatever go down the list <laughs> um yeah like carolina like i don't know what happened in the third period the other day they just whatever but boston's still boston and they still would have won the president's trophy in their sleep like at basically if they didn't play the last two months and I don't know you take like that elite of a player out of Carolina's lineup like you take out Svechnikov and it's tough to win like I mean Boston did lose Pasternak but they also have like Bergeron, Krejci, Marshawn where Carolina has Aho, Teravine and Niederreiter like you're obviously taking Boston's three next best guys and I don't know like the like Carolina seems like they're still making a decision on their goalie, which is weird at this point. But Boston's still good. How much do you blame on Rod the Bod not letting a goaltender get in their rhythm? Because, and I get this, you want to have this one-two goaltending punch, some you know fairy tale finish of you know I can play either goaltender and we're gonna win. From a goaltender's perspective, from a mentality like myself, if I was in that position. How do you get set? Like, I mean, you've got goaltender friends as well, buddy. Like, there's there's no way you can mentally prepare for, like, playing one game, taking a night off, you're watching from a different angle now, you're thinking about other things. Like, you can't get in a rhythm. It's impossible. So, for me, I blame coaching to a certain extent. Like, James Reimer, that's a horrible play to go for a 50-50 puck, not even a 50-50 puck with a diving poke check. But does he not go for that if maybe he feels like he's in a rhythm? I get that that's a third period already, so it's not like an early mistake. But, like, you get my point where, as a goaltender, what do you want? You want repetition. You want reps. You want, you know, that kind of experience facing those shooters, seeing what they're going to give you. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, I, I agree. And, like, you go back to literally game one of the playoffs where Edmonton starts Mike Smith clearly they're on call and it's like okay and then Koskinen goes in he's like well like screw you like screw you Tiff like like you I'm not your guy like clearly you haven't picked one and then and you look at a situation like Calgary and Talbot has started every game and he hasn't been great some games but like Ward goes right back. But they're letting him battle through it. That's what you need as a goaltender. You need someone to say, hey, you're my guy, and I'm sticking to you. Like, you know, that's whatever happens, you're our guy. We're going up with you, we're going down with you. As a goaltender, that's all you can ask. What, like, what, what you don't want, what the last thing you want is bouncing in and out of the, like, you know, on the bench, in the stands, wherever. Like, that's, as a goaltender, that's got to be next to impossible. No, I, I agree, and, like, you look and Talbot's bounced back every game, and even in Philly, like, it's not like Carter Hart's going to lose his starting job, but after he gets pulled or after he has a loss, he has, like, a 950 save percentage. And 
to me right now what Vegas, Colorado, and Carolina are doing doesn't make sense. Like, the fact that Vegas continues to go back to Robin Leonard doesn't make sense. Colorado, like, you're in a series with a team that has no business being in a series for once, so, like, you can kind of do it, but, like, you have to pick a guy, and you look at St. Louis the other day, like, they make a tough a tough call based on name, not so much based on numbers, but Jake Allen plays well, you have a back-to-back, you go right back to him. Like, he's a better goalie right now. 100%. No, that's uh, you got to ride the hot hand there without a doubt. All right, the interview brought to you by VerberoHockey.com, the best in jerseys. Go check them out, VerberoHockey.com. Adam Ermintrout, my guest here. Okay, we got two more to break down. I guess we skipped over Vegas and Chicago in the, vet, in the West. Vegas ends things off. I mean, Patty Kane finally shows up in Game 5. A couple of pumps for showtime wasn't enough. Crawford... And he had some high moments. He also had some goals that should not be going in on playoff hockey. Kind of cost the Hawks, but also, like, they, I mean, they were playing with house money at this point. They won their playoffs. They got past Edmonton. They did the unthinkable right there. Like, I think everyone had Edmonton penciled in as the easy favorite in that first round round robin. Probably more than any other series. People had Edmonton beating Chicago. You know, they kind of pull off an upset. They gave Vegas a run for their money. But do you not have a little bit of concerns with how Vegas played, with how they're going to fare in the rest of the playoffs? Because they didn't do it in convincing fashion. They did not beat Chicago in, you know, the best of ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're they're a good, deep team up front and on the blue line. But, like, to me, they have a bunch, like, like their three centermen are, they have a, a two, two threes, and a number four centerman. Like, they don't have a top centerman. And, like, that worries me. Like, look at the last however many top centermen that have won the Stanley Cup. Like, Kopitar, Crosby, Ryan O'Reilly. Like, they don't... Vegas doesn't have anything close to that. And that will always worry me. And then you look at their defense, and, like, once again, you look at the last couple defense of one Stanley Cup, like... Alex Petrangelo, Drew Doughty, Duncan Keith, and then you go to Vegas, and it's Nate Schmidt and Shea Theodore, who are both really good players, and I really like Shea Theodore, and I still don't know how Anaheim could let him go for nothing. Um, but, like, they just... They're there, but they're not. And, like, I think, like, look, they're a good story. They have two really good goalies, and that's going to get you places. But, like... Like, I don't see a guy on that team, like, taking over a game. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. If you're an NHL GM, what do you offer Robin Leonard? Uh, I'd, right now, I think I'd rank the goalies Markstrom, Holtby, Leonard. No, no. Like, what what like, do you offer him for a contract? Like, probably, like, four by four. You think you take four by four? I doubt it. No, but it's like like I'm not gonna give him six by six. No, no, no. I, I was thinking five by five. Some yeah, team, like, some team will give him five by five. Man, like what's Cost gonna get in four and a half a year? Yeah, and Darcy Kemper just signed for four and a half this year too, and he's not better than Darcy Kemper. Well, no, but uh, I, I don't yeah, know. Like why, that's tough. That's tough. It's weird how we only got like a one a one year deal at five million this year like I don't understand 
like how he didn't get extra years. It's interesting. <laughs> Goaltending's always a position of their own. Alrighty, um, Columbus Tampa, I guess to close it out, we got Game Five here today. Tampa's up three one in this series. Does Columbus have a shot? Like, can Torts pull something out of a hat here, or I mean, are we just going to advance the bolts? No, unfortunately not. Like, I mean, like you you sweep a team last year who's like the literally the best regular season team in NHL history, and then you take them to five overtimes in game one. And it's like you lose that game after playing Toronto and kind of exhausting everything into that. Like, it's it's tough to come back from. And I hate giving Tampa credit. I, I I'm not gonna get. I, it's Tampa, like not a big fan but and they overpaid out of their ass for Barkley, Gaudreau and Blake Coleman but those guys have helped um, they're not gonna like in three years they're gonna be like we gave up two first for Blake Coleman um, but like those guys have helped they're still missing Stamkos I guess and yeah there's just something about Tampa where it's like hard for me to get over like Kucherov playing how he does and I mean, I love Braden Point, and I'm still not sold on Vasilevsky in the big games, honestly. You haven't mentioned Tyler Johnson, though. And that's, he's he's been, he's all over the place. I mean, that guy has, he brings so much to the lineup. Like, you bring up a guy like Braden Point, who I think is their best forward. Yeah. I mean, Kucherov might be your offensive guy, but that's just, I mean, that's a regular season player right there. Like, until you do something in the playoffs, I'm not going to crown you or give you that crown. So, I don't know. But, we, hey, we got a game five uh, going up here in, what, like 10, 15 minutes or so. What's your prediction for game five? Um, I'll give Columbus one more and say 3-1 Columbus. Okay, okay. We are running it long, but hey, we—I mean, we'd be reminisced if we didn't uh, say anything about Dale Howardchuk. And I, if I didn't ask you about Dale Howardchuk, do you have a favorite memory of his? Like, I get it. Like, we didn't really grow up watching him in our generation, but I mean, I, I know you're a hockey nut like me. We've watched old games before. We've watched stuff like that. Is there a Dale Howardchuk memory that sticks out for you? Uh, not a memory. Just uh, I think the biggest thing is just like seeing one just everything that I've heard and, and read and whatever is that he realistically was one of the best players in the NHL but he played in a division with Edmonton and Calgary during their heydays and like that obviously hurt Winnipeg um, obviously I know him as more as like kind of like a Barry Colts guy and you look at some of the guys that have come through Barry where it's Aaron Ekblad, uh, Andreas Athanasiu, Andrew, Andrew Mangiapane, uh, and then most recently Svechnikov. Like, clearly he did something right there, and like you kind of wonder in a way, like, like why, like how he would have done maybe had he advanced to like NHL management. But a lot of a lot of guys, you know, they retire and you know they they just want to go and give back to to junior hockey and the kids and. And good for him. Everything you read about that guy is that he's the nicest guy in the world. So rest in peace. Yeah, it's a sad one, to say the least. I mean, we had Jim Thompson on the show there a while back. And, I mean, he obviously got to play against him firsthand. But he said that, man, if Winnipeg didn't – if Howard Chuck didn't have to run into those Edmonton teams, 
they would be a dynasty. He would have multiple cup rings, which it's crazy to think about. You know, like imagine if the Winnipeg Jets had the success that the Edmonton Oilers did in the eighties. Like, could you imagine Winnipeg? They probably that, don't move. Oh no! No shit. No, no kidding. They're not gonna move. But like, could you imagine like Edmonton not being the city of champions? How would their ego handle it? Edmonton might not have an NHL team. They might be the Atlanta Thrashers still. Yeah, they'd be wherever. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show once again. Uh, back to two times a week. So you know what? We're gonna get more Adam on here breaking down these series. Always great insight. Hey, we'll catch up with you, and I'm sure there's gonna be a few more series wrapped up here very soon. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. Adam Trout there already. You might not get to open line here, but hey, I got to tell you, Kalku Vodkin Rum, talking about it for a couple of weeks now. They're unreal. Best in the game by far refreshingly different cocoa vodka and rum the original refreshing mix drink in a can that combines real natural coconut water from the philippines triple distilled vodka or smooth puerto rican white rum and a splash of sparkling water cocoa vodka rum available at bsw liquor in alberta and they recently launched in a ton of states like michigan connecticut maryland delaware mass and maine don't forget you can order online. Enjoy Coco.com. Enjoy the Coco life with World Hockey Report. Go pick yourself up a case today. Escape with Coco Vodka, Coco Rum, the original refreshing vacation in a can. Alrighty, folks, that is it for me. Going to be back here on Friday. Let's break down some more hockey. Come on, have a great day. Enjoy Tampa Columbus morning hockey. Cody Jansen for Adam Urban Trout, Jeff Beck, 12-ounce sports, Zingo TV, Channel 761. I'm out.